0: We could distill everything down to what we're doing into three main areas. And the first one is you need to make sure that your content is showing up somewhere. The second thing is you need to make sure that your content is actually going to get clicked. And then the third thing is you need to engage your viewers. You need to to keep them watching. There
1: really is no denying it. When you've managed to build a YouTube channel to over 700,000 subscribers, you learn a thing or two. In fact, my guest today is going to share the three key things that lead to YouTube success. So stick around. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy. As together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective video strategy. This is episode 166, and thanks for joining me. If you're new here, make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episode as it drops each and every Tuesday. And if you've listened before, welcome back. Good to have you here. In fact, we are welcoming back a return guest to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast today. Now, my guest today is Justin Brown from Primal Video. And if you've been listening for a while, you would have heard him all the way back in episode 59 of the podcast. Back in August 2018, in fact, and at the time, I introduced Justin as having just over 150,000 subscribers on his mega successful YouTube channel. However, as of today, the recording of this episode, he's now got over 713,000 subscribers on his channel. So, masses of growth have taken place on the Primal Video YouTube channel over that time. So I wanted to bring Justin back onto the show today to really unpack his journey since he was last on the show and dive deeper into what he believes has been the success factors that has led to the growth of his YouTube channel over that time. And in this episode, he's actually gonna share with us the three key factors that you need to consider in order to lead to growth and success for your YouTube channel. So if you haven't heard of Justin Brown before, He's the co-founder, along with his brother, Mike, of Primal Video. And they teach entrepreneurs and business owners how to leverage the power of online video to build and scale their businesses. They're big on focusing on systems, processes, and automation, which allow them to work smarter and not harder. And this has helped turn Primal Video into a multi six-figure automation driven businesses. And they now help others to implement the same approach through their accelerator program, the Primal Video Accelerator, which is worth checking out as well. So I encourage you to check out their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Primal Video. But right now let's dive into my interview with Justin Brown from Primal Video. Justin Brown, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me back. I'm excited to have you back and I'm excited to have this conversation today for our listeners because I really encourage people to go back and listen to episode 59 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast when you were last on the show back in August 2018. And have a listen to where Justin was at then, both in his YouTube channel and in his business, and then compare it to what we're going to talk about today. Because, mate, your growth has been phenomenal over that period of time. Now over 700,000 subscribers and tracking towards a million, I'm sure. Can you tell us, for people that maybe, uh, you know, haven't been following your journey, like... Where are you at today? Like what's changed in you between 150,000 plus subscribers to now 700,000 subscribers and and what's the primal video story today?
0: Well, um, it's been a whirlwind, I'll put it that way. It's been been a lot of fun, but our overall, I guess, focus or strategy with the business hasn't really changed in that uh, we take this approach where we'd much rather have one targeted video per week, one optimized video per week. Um, and that's what we were doing back then. That's still what we're doing today. So we're doing that research and stuff up front. We're giving our viewers what what we know that they're looking for based on doing that research, and knowing then that the long long game from there, the long tail from that, is that those videos stick around for years after you create them. So we still have videos on our channel now that are you know coming up on five years old that are still bringing in over a thousand views a day. And that's the power of YouTube. So that's where I, you know, I love sharing this stuff. I'm pumped to be back here to share where we're at now because this is the stuff that a lot of people don't realize with video and with YouTube. This stuff sticks around, and you end up with a library of content that's going to bring you in evergreen traffic for years after you create it. So really, it's just a continuation of what we were doing then. Yes, we've refined it, and we've uh, we can dive into that stuff on, on on this podcast, and I can share what we're doing now and the stuff that we're looking at that we do with every video. But it really comes down to one video per week um, with our strategy and um, and really getting into the headspace or the mindset of what it is that your ideal customers or viewers need from your content and how you can position your content so it actually shows up for them. Yeah, awesome. I'm curious,
1: Justin, like how, how do you think that you've changed since a couple of years ago being at, I mean, 150,000 subscribers or whatever you're at when we last spoke on the podcast was I mean that's no small feat, right? But you know, you've now—I guess your growth trajectory would be this kind of hockey stick kind of thing, right? If you looked at looked at a graph, because now over seven hundred thousand subscribers. But how have you changed as a creator, as a business owner?
0: What's changed in you? Well, I've definitely got a few more grey hairs, so I'm getting on a little bit. You so and me both. It's—I uh, actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually um, it's actually easier now. It's less stressful now. I worry about a lot less things now um, it's really is a growth thing and um, and the I was doing it still a lot in the business at that point is probably the biggest change I was still editing a lot of our videos or, or building out a team to start to edit down our videos but now it's been literally years since I've edited down one of our videos and I, I'm one of those weird people that loves editing uh, so it it to, to answer your question, it's more about working on the business and looking at the impact and the reach that we can have, but also we have a big focus around fun. If something is not a uh, hell yes, it's it's a no. And so we kind of use that as a filter in our business and look at the things that we're going to do. And if it's not a fit for us and we, you know, it's something that we, you know, that might benefit the business but isn't something we actually want to do then it's not something that we end up doing so i I think now things are a lot more fun i'm a lot more relaxed with it but really it is all coming back to having that overall goal or overall approach where we are just you know we're not on that hamster wheel of we need to create a video uh you know it's it's sunday what are we releasing tonight kind of thing it really is about taking that step back and having systems and processes and things in place which i was never a systems and process person i would like to call myself more of a creative person and hey, had been putting in a, you know, been put in a box, but uh, I love that uh, the systems and processes and stuff that we've implemented and that we teach are really what gives us that freedom and flexibility in the business.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it would feel like after doing a weekly video, you know, like you say, very consistently over years now, I guess, nearly five years over five years um, for you. So yeah. I guess you could, Burn out, right? If if you didn't kind of implement systems, but also implement fun, right? Because
0: if it wasn't fun, you wouldn't keep doing it. I mean, there, there was a point in there where I it wasn't fun uh, in the middle somewhere. I don't know what point it was exactly, but I got to the point where I was even thinking at what point do I stop making videos? Yes, this is building the business, but I'm also, you know, some of the videos that we make, they're they're very 101 or very beginner level. And I love talking about the more advanced stuff, the tech, the stuff that that I think is going to move the needle for people. But that was really, I mean, I was kind of looking at the small picture looking at the big picture and saying, by speaking more 101, by looking at more beginner or entry level people coming onto the scene, there's more of them, but they're also the people that probably need your help the most. And by helping those people just with the first step, it could be what editing software to use or, or how to actually film a video. How, do, you know, can I use my phone and how do I use my phone to make a video just to get them entrenched into and taking that first step into this this whole YouTube and video thing is really what moves them into then the rest of our content and everything beyond there. So it became about how do we impact people instead of just how do we get views and those sorts of things. So I think that was that was a big shift for me. It's like I like the outcome from the videos we make. And for that, I'll make videos until I'm <laughs> not able to make videos anymore because the out uh, the you know, the, the impact and the outcome that we can have from the videos that we create. And that really applies to anyone. If you can get to that point where you love the outcome, and you're Seeing the comments come through where you are changing people's lives just based on your knowledge, your skills, your thoughts, uh, experiences and opinions. This that's the critical piece. This is it just your opinions you're sharing? People can disagree. Doesn't matter. Uh, but if you get to that point where it is fun to do that and the outcome is what you want, that that's the game changing thing for the business and everything else that flows on beyond that. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's about making
1: videos, making YouTube videos for the audience, right? Not for you. And I guess for many creators, you probably start by making it for you because the audience isn't there. Right. But I, I think fairly early on, you need to make that mindset shift of thinking I'm doing this for the viewer, not, not for me. And that's where I think you can get drive and motivation to keep, keep
0: going. Yeah, definitely. And I think where you reach the point where you it's a win for everyone involved is really the the goal. Uh, obviously, you don't want to continue doing something if it is creating overwhelm and you you're just getting frustrated and feeling burnt out. Then that's that's a clear, you know, red flag to stop what you're doing and at least take a step back and look at how can I, you know, reframe my mindset on this or how can I, you know, shift my perspective on it so that it is actually I am actually getting fulfilled by doing this in some way but the last thing I want for anyone to be is on that content social media hamster wheel and that's where you know there's people saying you need to do three videos a week or four videos a week or daily like I'm a video person you're a video person I couldn't imagine creating daily videos but I, I guess that's why I like to say that we do one video a week one is enough or even if it was one every second week or every other week. It doesn't matter. It's just being consistent and going through the process, but focusing on that 1% improvement every time. How can you improve just one thing on each and every video to make it faster, make it easier, make it more effective, easier for your viewers to engage and to stick around in your content? And that's really been the journey that we've been on, looking for that little improvement in every video. Okay, awesome. I think that's an awesome segue into the tactical stuff
1: that I want to dive into with you now so that we can really leave the listener with... It's something to take away and hopefully implement into their own channel. But before we hit record here, you were talking, there were three key things that you focus on when it comes to, you know, helping people grow with YouTube and what you've been doing with your YouTube channel as well. And I know you've learned a lot
0: over the last few years. So what are those three key things that you look at? So, yeah, we we sat back and we looked at what are the main areas that we need to... We could distill everything down to what we're doing into three main areas. And the first one is you need to make sure that your content is showing up somewhere, showing up on a platform, showing up in Google, showing up on Facebook, wherever you're going to put your videos. Obviously for us, we're a little biased and we're on the YouTube side of things, but you need to make sure that your content is showing up. The second thing is you need to make sure that your content is actually going to get clicked. Can you imagine if you know your content is being shown in search results in Google and in YouTube, but no one's clicking it, then no one's going to see that masterpiece that you've created or however long you spent investing time in that video, no one's still going to see it. Yeah. So you need to show up, you need to get the click. And then the third thing is you need to engage your viewers. You need to, to keep them watching until the end you can't you can't pad out your video unnecessarily um, you need to give your viewers everything that they need to see success or to answer that pain or problem or to go and take action with the video content that you're creating so it's those three things you need to show up get the click and then you need to engage your viewers and keep them watching which will give you that uh watch time that everyone talks about on youtube
1: sounds simple right simple formula just do these three things Very and <laughs> your massive success with your video strategy Okay, but not not simple in reality, right? There are some th- simple things that you can do though. So let's go through each one um, and maybe share some tips. So when you talk about showing up and we can focus on, on YouTube if you like or you know wherever you want to go with that, but how do you actually get your videos to show up in the first place?
0: Yeah, I guess we can look at YouTube, but the the process should actually apply to any sort of content that people are creating. You want to do some research first to make sure that there is demand for the content you're creating, not just creating the videos that you think people want, actually knowing what it is that they want, what it is that their pain or their problem is based on what they're typing into search engines. So you've got to think a lot of people go to Dr. Google or to YouTube to, to self-diagnose or to solve their own problems and things. YouTube is a search engine as well. So this is a big distinction, just as a place to throw your content up. It's a search engine. So you need to give it everything that you can to help it place or position your content on the platform in front of the people that need it most. And in a lot of cases, that's when they're typing it into the search engine. So For us, before we create every video, I'll go to the YouTube search box just on the YouTube uh, website at the top because if I'm going to search for something, I'll type in a couple of words around the video topic that I'm going to create. So this is before we create the video. We, We haven't even stepped in front of camera yet. But I'll type in a couple of words. Best video just for example. And then it's gonna auto populate a heap of suggestions. Now those suggestions aren't just random suggestions, they're there because other people have previously searched for those. So it would show things like best video editing software, best video editing apps on iPhones, all of those sorts of things, which is where we get the topics for our videos. Uh, this stuff is pe- stuff that people are actually searching for. So I would recommend to anyone out there listening, at least go to the YouTube search bar, start typing in a couple of different words around your topic, around your niche, and. See see what comes up. This shows you that there is demand for those topics before you create it. And yes, obviously you can keep going with this and you can use other plugins and tools and things to tell you how much search volumes or how many times have those searches been performed each and every month. That's kind of a little later in the process. But the the most important thing is you want to validate that there is an audience for your content before you create it. Um, And And then, um, yeah, all all the different topic ideas that you can pull from this. So you're never going to run out of topic ideas by not starting or by starting with this process. Uh, You're just going to keep coming up with more and more ideas just by going to that YouTube search box.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: So really doing
1: your research, understanding what people are searching for, and then showing up for them uh, with the answers they're looking for, right? So that's one of the key ways, I guess, of, of ensuring that your videos actually show up. Are there, are there other aspects to that as well? Like if if it's not necessarily a topic that's in response to a question, like would you say that there are ways of creating videos that will still show up, which aren't answers to search queries?
0: Yeah, so obviously YouTube being a search engine, that's one way to get traffic. Uh, the other way is that you go to YouTube and there's videos that have been suggested or recommended to you, or based on videos that you're watching, a video is gonna auto play off the back of another one. Like, I mean, How does YouTube decide what that next best video is for you? Because it's not that everyone gets served the same content. Their goal is to put the right video in front of the right person at the right time. So based on everything else that you've done on the internet, <laughs> or at least on their platform, wherever they can, track you um how do they understand what content you want next so uh, as content creators people making these videos you need to give youtube as many indicators as you can that Uh, about your content so YouTube knows where to place it. So in that research that you're doing and you come up with a a title or a topic for your video, you want to use those in the title area for your video. You also want to use them in the description. Again, where else can we tell YouTube what our content is about? The tags for the video along with other recommendation or other words that people would search for to find your content. But really the the secret source is you want to use those words inside your video itself. So in our example that we brought up before best video editing software, I will literally start that video on are you looking for the best video editing software on Mac in 2020. YouTube is transcribing our videos is listening, is looking for what is this video about. It's not just looking at the title, the tags, and the description, it's looking inside your content too. So if you're able to get that heads up as to what you should speak about in your videos, what are the content uh, pieces that people are searching for, and use those words inside the first couple of sentences in your video, then it's a really, really easy way to get your content showing up in front of the people that are searching for it, or off the back of content that people are watching that's related to your videos as well. So really, really powerful starting with that research up front. Would you say that the
1: importance of tags, descriptions, keywords in descriptions, that sort of thing has, has gone down over the years? Cause I know it used to be, I feel um, a much more important thing to really, to really nail and optimize when it comes to video optimization. But based on what you're talking about there and, you know, AI just getting better um, and Google just getting smarter. Um, effectively, you know, I think that there's probably less
0: importance in that now. Would you agree? I would say there's probably less importance in in things like your tags especially. Um, and, yeah, the descriptions maybe so as well. But what's the – added costs, really, and you still going ahead with an SEO strategy like that, if it means that you're able to tell YouTube more information about what your content is about. So I, yeah, I, I hear the same things. A lot of people saying, you don't need to worry about tags. You don't need to worry about the description. The title doesn't really mean anything. But all of those things really combine not just for the YouTube algorithm, they also combine for the viewer because the viewer wants to validate that if they click your video, that your video isn't going to waste their time. Attention spans on the platform are so small that you need to convince your viewers immediately that they're in the right place. So having said you know having the topic of the video being in the title having it in the description having it in the first couple of sentences is going to let them know that they're in the right place as well so while it works for the algorithm it's also there for the humans watching as well which is the other really critical part uh, of the process so i don't think yeah i mean all the algorithm changes and stuff um we still do it and i would still recommend for anyone to do it uh, to put as many indicators as you can don't think that you heard it somewhere that you don't need it Who knows if you having those extra tags and things is going to move the needle for you or not. You may as well have them in there is always going to be my response.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. I always talk about optimizing for audiences over algorithms and but not ignoring the algorithms as well. So if if YouTube gives you the option to add in more metadata around tags, then you're mad not to. I think the other side of that is that people look at big creators. um, You know, let's use Peter McKinnon as an example and they look at kind of the titles he uses on his videos and you know what's in his descriptions um so the metadata if you're analyzing what someone like peter mckinnon does you're like well he's he's massive and he's not doing
0: that sort of stuff um what would you say to, to that i th- i'd say that uh he's very lucky it's kind of a it's a it's a different game i'm a big big fan of Pete and uh, and his content, but it is a different level in that he's got that sort of viral momentum behind him. And so, even with a channel the size of ours, we don't have that viral men- momentum behind us. We're still focusing on showing, getting our content showing up to new people, and showing up in search results, and showing up as suggested behind you know other videos that are related to our content. And that's the stuff that's reliable and replicable, and that's the stuff that anyone can start to implement. It's not that you need to rely on a viral video to to bring you traffic. Cause that's something that, you know, that's hitting hope and your chances of actually hitting is, is very, very small. So it's almost like you've got to have planets to align amount of personality, right amount of content and that sort of stuff to hit it with a Peter McKinnon strategy. Um, so he's, he's one that I would say, look, the, the dude is awesome, love him to bits, but for someone to follow along and do what he's done, you would have to be extremely lucky to hit it like he has.
1: Yeah. Awesome, cool. So we've talked about showing up. Um, the next thing was actually getting the click. So it's all well and good, you know, that your video shows up for someone, but if they don't click on it, like you
0: said, they're never going to see your video anyway. So how do we get the click? So this is where your thumbnail strategy is the most important piece. So your thumbnail is a little image that gets shown up on YouTube as like the preview for your video. Uh, and a lot of people leave these pictures um, till they're just uploading their video and they're just picking out that little freeze frame where they're kind of not talking half smiling, trying to find something that looks all right. I don't know we started in the same place. We didn't give our thumbnails any attention at all, but uh, your thumbnail strategy I would say is one of the most important pieces here because world's best video, if it doesn't get clicked, no, one's going to see it. So for this, you want to make sure that your videos are grabbing people's attention. So, um, big, bold text, bright colors. Um, For me, I'll make sure that I am on a lot of the videos and I'm pulling a silly face or I'm pointing at something. Uh, You wanna try and get your viewers to understand what the video is about as well without needing to read the title, the description or any of those sorts of things. So how can you keep it on topic or related to your content? again people attention spans they want to quickly find the video for them and if they can read in a few big words what the video is about uh, that's what we've found works really really well for us and for our students as well so i would have best video editing software that's it maybe have a mac logo or an Apple logo on there, if it's for the Mac version of that. So how can people at a glance see that your content is the one for them? Um, so I would suggest for anyone that is looking at that thumbnail strategy, um, you want to get strategic around when you're creating your thumbnails. This doesn't need to be a big process, but I literally will leave the camera recording at the end of recording a video and I'll just smile and pose and point and pull some silly faces just so we got options when we are creating our thumbnails instead of yeah scrambling last minute, trying to create them. But the last piece, and I think it's a really important one, is you want to make sure that your thumbnail images look good small. A lot of people these days are consuming your content on their phones and if you've got a heap of text or it's really hard to to kind of work out, then your video is going to go in the too hard basket just from a quick glance. Uh, People do judge a book by its cover or a video by its cover image, a thumbnail image in terms of YouTube. So you really want to make sure that you are grabbing their attention and that you're really letting them know what the video is about, that it looks good on mobile, but also that it's branded. If you can have a consistent look or a theme across all of your thumbnail images, after someone's watched one of your videos, they'll be able to recognize you in your thumbnails or recognize the branding and theme and say, oh, I've watched one of their videos before. They were pretty good. I'll just click that one now over all the other ones. So you wanna make sure that yours is getting clicked over all the other ones that are performing around it. Now, one really, advanced strategy is that you can actually A-B test or split test your thumbnails. There's a tool called TubeBuddy, um, which lets you put two thumbnail images up side by side and it'll help you. It'll It'll let you know which one gets more clicks. And I can tell you that it's never ever been the one that I think is the prettier, nicer looking thumbnail that wins those tests. So that's where I love that strategy because you're letting the data you which one is the better thumbnail instead of your your best guess so i know i threw a lot out there yeah no, that's good <laughs> but it really comes down to those things
1: that's good So um, what would you say you kind of touched on this but when it comes to text and and faces like how important are they and do you need like text on every thumbnail and human face on every
0: thumbnail or what would you say to that I would say you probably don't need it on every thumbnail. Like that's a big generalization. But I would say for us, what we have found works best with our content in our niche and the way that the content is delivered with me being on camera, talking headpiece of content, then I will put myself in the thumbnail images. I'm there. So again, shows the, the viewers a little bit about what the content could be like before they get into it. So if there's a face on there, then make sure that your face is inside the video as well. So it's not they can they can kind of tell that it's not just a voiceover video if there's a face on the thumbnail. But the big bold text is really the the kicker. You're telling people what the content is about short and sharp um, three to four words if possible uh, about what the video is about. You want them to quickly be able to figure it out without needing to go and read the title description and all of that stuff. So, would you say? I guess you are saying that to get the click, really, the thumbnail is more important than the title, the title, the actual yes. title of the video. So, your title, I'd say, would come into helping you get that content shown up on the platform based on what they're searching for or looking for. But your thumbnail image is what's got to grab their attention. So if someone does run a search or they're on the YouTube page with all the other content on there, why yours over all of the others? How can you stand out? How can you grab their attention? And this is easier if you're doing a more specific type of video where you're maybe like a tutorial or a how-to piece, especially if it's around a specific product or service. You'd use that company's logos and those sorts of things on there because anyone that's searching for that or looking for that is already familiar with that. So they're going to resonate with that thumbnail image, if they see an Apple logo, if they're looking for something to do with Apple or a specific product that they've typed in, um, that's going to help them get that click. Okay. Awesome. So you've shown up, you've got the click and
1: that's it, right? Everyone's watching your videos all the way to the end. That's it. Done. Easy as that. <laughs> but no, <Massive laughs> success. we know that attention spans are pretty limited these days. So the, the next thing we wanted to talk about was actually keeping people engaged in your videos. So how do we do that?
0: So this is where structuring your videos has uh, has made a huge, huge huge impact for us. But this will make this will change the game for a lot of people with their video content. I know that you speak to a lot of this as well with what to say and when to say it in your videos. But you need to be mindful of those attention spans. If someone clicks your videos, there's almost a little bit of anxiety that kicks in for them. They're like, "Oh, should I click the other one? Uh, you know, I I can still hit back and click the other one." So you need to let them relax immediately in your content. So that's where you want to hook them in. And this is where I'm literally saying uh, in this video, we're going to look at the best video editing software on Mac in 2020. So I've, I've reaffirmed what it is that they've typed in or what it is they were looking for, or what they've just read in the thumbnail image. I've let them know that they're in the right place. And so you to look at that and say, or oh, if they did search for something and I've said it in the start of the video, Okay, cool, I can relax now. All right, it's matched the thumbnail images. All right, I will at least give this a little bit longer. It's probably the mindset of, of, of people, especially if it's a longer piece of video, uh, 20 minute video or something like that. You've got to get that buy-in from them, let them know that they're in the right place. Hook, so that's your hook first off. Then get to your intro. This to introduce yourself, your content, your channel, um, a bit about how the content is going to be delivered. Now, this is something that a lot of people do first up, they don't hook people into their content. They'll just start their YouTube video saying, "Hi, I'm Jeff from such and such, and this is where we blah blah blah." No one cares, Jeff. At that point, they care. Are you going to solve their pain problem? Talk to their, uh, to, talk to whatever it is that you've promised in the title and description, and thumbnail. So you want to hook them in. The intro then would be where you're going to do that, introduce yourself. So I would say, Hey, it's Justin from Primal Video where we help you grow an audience and scale your revenue with online video. And I would then say um, something about the topic. So if you've ever looked for video editing software on Mac, there's a lot of options out there. So in this video, I'm going to break it all down for you. So I've told them Bit about the topic I've resonated with them. Yes, there is a lot of options out there. This guy gets me. Uh, so you're resonating with your viewers. You recognize that pain or problem and you've told them how the content is going to go down. I'm going to break it down for you. So I'll share the top options for you. Um, so you've got them there, you've given them the promise of the video. You've got their buy-in. If they're sticking around beyond then you've pretty much got them hooked. So the next section, so it's hook intro. The next one is your content itself. You need to deliver on what it is that you've promised in the hook and the intro. So a great way to get people engaged or keep people engaged throughout this section is to use things like lists. Um, So I'm gonna share the top five things. People are gonna stick around for number five even if one two three or four they'd heard before number five could be the game changer for them so they'll likely want to stick around based on lists or numbers um, or steps in a process that doesn't mean you need to do that for every single video Um, but if you can experiment with that and use one every now and then uh, that's something that we've found works really really well after that we have an extra step in our structure that we use again for every one of our videos it's called a bonus or an over deliver and this is where based on the topic of the video that you know that your viewers are there watching what else can you give them? How can you over deliver for them so that they're just blown away? Wow! not only did I get what I came for, I also got something else that was that I was interested in, that it, that it was related to me and it was interesting or it helped me. So in our running example of best video editing software on Mac, I would also share three video editing tips that would help people no matter what their editing software is. So. I would reference that and say, and make sure you stick around to the end, because I'm also going to share with you three tips that are going to help you edit faster in any video editing software. So, we've almost hooked them or teased them to stick around longer in our content yeah. as well. We've told them how the content's going to go down and obviously in that point in the video you want to deliver those three tips or whatever it might be i think that's super important right to te- to tease that bonus
1: because otherwise yeah. people might go well he said he was going to break down five pieces of software we've gone through five oh there's three minutes left to the video but i'm out of here right if you didn't tease that because they feel like they've probably got what they came for so i, I like that idea it. Of that
0: filled the video wrapping up yeah yeah and so you, and so, I mean, this is the, the, the structure that we use, but you can obviously throw in uh actually I'll jump to the next one first. Let's, let's close it out. Okay. The last one is call to action. This is where you want to give them the next step. What's next. These are your people that have made it right to the end of your video. These are your action takers. They loved your content. What is the next best step for them? Is it just to, Ask them to like, to subscribe, to go to your email email list or your, your website and sign up for something or to buy a product or service, whatever that next best step is for them after watching that specific video. Uh, this isn't really your area to make a sales pitch unless it is the next best step for your viewers. This is a big mistake we see a lot of people make. That kind of discredits the rest of the content before it if you're just pitching something at the end of every video. So um, call to action. Now, call to action is also something that we can back to to what we were talking about, dabble in or or, or drop in little sections. It could be a quick if you're liking this, give it a thumbs up. Or if you're not subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button that you could drop in throughout your pieces of content. If you're doing a top five video, you could say, you know, at the end of we're about to get to uh, at the end of say number two. We're about to get to number three. But if you haven't hit that like button yet, then uh, go ahead and click that now. And then, you know, short, sharp little things the easiest ways to get to subscribers on YouTube is to ask people to subscribe. The easiest way to get thumbs up is to ask people to give your video, a thumbs up. And this is the stuff that a lot of people think, I don't want to ask for it. If they like it, they'll do it. But if you don't ask, a lot of people will just forget the way the algorithm is on YouTube at the moment. You're going to be served people's content, whether you subscribe to it or not. So you've watched someone's video, whether you actually click subscribe, next time you come back on or next time you search for something where that channel's content is a fit, it's going to be featured to you. So asking for your people to subscribe or to like, uh, there's nothing wrong with it and you should do it. Would you say that there's a,
1: maybe a a psychological benefit to asking people to take those little actions throughout the video so that when you get to the main call to action for lack of a better reference for it, they're more likely to do that at the end. Is that true? You think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think this is the same with anything in uh, sales or in marketing little micro commitment it is. So if if you get a thumbs up first, what's a thumbs up? That's nothing for them. It's not going to mean anything to them. It's not going to be notifying them if something, you know, you post another video so you could ask for a thumbs up first. And then later on the video, like if you're still liking this and you haven't hit thumbs up yet, now do it. Um, Or subscribe or whatever so you could build and and um yeah grow the the micro commitments along before you get to that big ask or the big commitment so i i would say probably more so on the the term of if you are going to pitch at the end have some micro commitments or at least uh check-ins with your viewers you know they don't even need to do anything but if you can get buy-in from them like is this you know can you see how powerful this is mm. like asking questions where they are going to be answering it themselves they don't obviously have to comment or anything about it but they're saying yes or they're saying oh yeah i see how this works so you can almost like ask them little questions throughout as well and get the same sort of effect
1: yeah cool So the other thing that I think a lot of people do when it comes to the calls to action is overload it, right? So they'll say, you know, at the end of the video, they'll say, okay, so if you enjoyed this video, you know, click like, click share, um, comment, subscribe, download my thing, um, go and, you know, give me a call, (laughs) all that sort of stuff. Visit the website, you know,
0: is that wrong? Like, what's the problem there? I think, I think a lot of people are conditioned these days to almost switch off at a call to action because it becomes like white noise. It's like in the end of some podcast, you just got like five extra minutes of stuff it's at the end of it. Now, I think a podcast strategy, it kind of works a lot more there than it does on YouTube. On YouTube, people like, all right, where's the next video? Click it. Whereas podcasts, they're hands off. That's why I can podcast are so powerful because people just let it play through. So you can get away with it more on a podcast style. But at the end of a YouTube video, I would say if you can give them one or two at the most uh, steps for them. So it could be that there's a video linked on screen that's about something related go and check that one out and if you haven't subscribed yet then subscribe or i've got a free pdf download that's again related to it uh that could be your second one so for us i'll look at that when we're doing the research for for the video topics and we're, we're validating that there is actually search volumes and and demand for the content that we're creating we'll look at where do we want to lead them to afterwards what is the next best step is it one of our videos is it someone else's video that is the next best step? Or is this a perfect option for us to get them over to our website um, to, to get them to join, to receive a free PDF or something like that? Again, all of that stuff, if, you, if you're thinking about that before you're in front of camera, then the flow on into your business is going to be far more strategic and you'll get a lot more out of it. Yeah,
1: awesome. As uh, Donald Miller says, if you confuse, you lose. And we don't want to confuse the viewer and not make it clear what you actually want them to do. So we're talking about keeping engagement here. Um, we talked about the structure there, Awesome breakdown of, of a, a good structure to use for your videos. Are there other, other aspects to keeping people engaged outside of just the structure of the video?
0: I think that if you keep in mind, even within that structure, if you're able to open loops, people will want to stick around the, the human brain wants to close a loop, closes a circle. Yeah. So if you mention something and don't deliver on it, it's a quick way to annoy people. And people won't even realize why they're annoyed or anxious. But if, if you say five and deliver four and the video finishes, uh, it's going to be very hard for people to want to keep coming back to your content, even if they're not aware that that's actually what's happened or not. So you can open loops. Uh, you can say, I'm also going to share with you a super powerful resource in just a minute. Um, and then quickly get back to your content. Now they'll want to wait for that super powerful resource uh, in a minute's time. Uh, So so little things like that, you can kind of tease what's coming next. So a great way to do this is with, um, if you are listing out say five different options for something or four different options for something, you can say this one doesn't, option two doesn't do that, but option three or option five, that one's got this thing sorted or that, that feature is amazing in that one. So you haven't said what it is, you haven't given them the answer, that. They need to go get this other product or service yet but you've told them that if that's what you're after you definitely need to stick around for for product four or product five or whatever it is so these open loops are really really powerful as a psychological trigger to keep people engaged in your content
1: yeah absolutely
0: i think that's super powerful yeah
1: i know we've talked um previously around some of the other i guess more ninja stuff that you guys are doing on your channel um using graphics as well to kind of hold people's attention um, can you share a bit of, bit of your thoughts and what you're doing around that as well?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. This is the stuff that we we love just trying and testing and experimenting with. So there's a couple of things that we've been playing with and they both seem to be working pretty well right now. So um, in terms of open loops and people wanting to see things through to completion, if you promise something that they want to actually, uh, you know, they, they need to receive it, they need to to, to hear about it. We have progress bars on the bottom of a lot of our videos like that because inherently the human brain, if it sees something filling up, it wants to see it to completion. So that's where videos like Gary V's Instagram videos, they'll have that red bar that fills up along the bottom. That's there not just to tell you how long it is left. Uh, it's there to keep you engaged in the video as well as telling you how long the video is left yeah. because we'll want to see it. Even if you're switching off in the content, you'll want to see it fill up as silly as that sounds you can't fight that that's built into all of us so we'll um, have a progress bar on the bottom and we'll will help people you know see how quick it is to the next section but also how long the our overall video has left uh, and we found just by adding the progress bar on the bottom our watch time increased dramatically so the amount of time people were, were sticking around engaging our videos uh, for those types of videos it definitely improved the other thing that we're looking at is other little engagement uh Elements. If you can have someone actually engaging with your video and clicking through, even if it's to rewind or to fast forward, that shows YouTube that you've actually got an engaged viewer. They're not just watching the content, they're actually clicking and engaging or tapping and engaging with the platform and that's the most powerful thing so using things like timestamps in your videos is a new feature or a chapter feature uh, chapter markers inside your videos to allow people to jump forward and for us we'll also have little um we we booked out a green screen for a day and i just did a heap of silly stuff um i'm riding riding little bikes i was pretending to skydive and whatever point to stuff so we'll have a little mini justin that comes on screen now just to create some engagement and I was remind people to subscribe or to like or to point stuff out it's more to break that attention but what we've found is that when it comes on screen there's a lot of people that click and engage with our video like to rewind it was that was that a little justin like so whether they like it or hate it They've been, we've encouraged them to interact with the video which is huge now I'm not saying you need to go and do this this is the kind of stuff that that you know if you've got the time and the, and the the resources to be able to, to play around with this stuff it can make a huge difference but it really is like how can I give my viewers everything that they need? to take action or to see value in the content I'm producing and things like the progress bars or even just adding in the the YouTube timestamps or chapter markers is probably the easiest way that anyone can get close to that. It's quick Google search and you'll find YouTube has a page on how to do it all. But how do you get them to engage with your actual video and stick around watching? Uh, That's that's really the key here.
1: I think the key takeaway there, I mean, obviously, some of that stuff you're doing super cool and maybe difficult for some people to do as well. But, um, the key thing is that you're, you're paying attention to your audience's attention and, and trying to control it, not just, um, hoping, not just creating content and hoping that people will find it interesting, but you're actually actively doing things in your video with your structure and, you know, with the way that you're editing and using techniques. I was about to say tricks, but they're not really tricks, they're techniques They're not tricking people. Um, but using these things to actually control and command
0: attention in the right directions. I think with this, like no matter which um, which techniques and things that you use, Anyone has the ability to improve on what they're currently at based on looking at your YouTube analytics or your analytics on any of your social platforms. Don't compare your watch time to someone else's. Don't compare your thumbnail click-through rate or your video click-through rate to someone else's. That's your baseline. So your goal should be, what can I do to improve my click-through rate from 3% to 3.5%? That's the game for you. How do I increase my watch time from a percentage to a higher percentage? That's all you need to focus on is those little improvements over time. So go back and look at your videos and just have a look at that watch time, that that audience retention graph to see where people are dropping off in your videos. Obviously, if there's a clear drop off at a point, you want to know why? Go and look at it. Like, never never say that again. Never do that again. Or what else could you do at that time if you're going to create similar content like it? Could you add more B-roll? Could you add more overlay? Because it's a stock photo. Like You're losing your viewers there. So you can kind of give it your best guess as to why or why not and uh and try to improve on that in the future but don't sit there and worry and 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 focus on the negative stuff it's always about okay let's let's apply what i've learned on the next one and let's get it going and then then let's move on to the next one after that um it it really is about going through these learning cycles to 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 improve on each and every one yeah that's awesome thank you for that um i do want to
1: start to wrap up here but before we um Before we do, I want to just ask you, like we talked, we kind of started this interview with talking about your journey, you know, from 150,000 subscribers to 700,000 subscribers. And you talked about those incremental changes and those improvements you've made along the way. And obviously it's, it's working, right? And something's working, what's next for you? Like, where, where are you going with this? Um, is it just onwards and upwards, you know, what's your plans?
0: I really think it is onwards and upwards. So, I mean, there was something early on that happened with our channel right? back when I was feeling, I wouldn't say burnt out. I was, I was more frustrated than burnt out with the content we were creating. It might've even been before uh, before we hit the hundred thousand. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, But we looked at, we looked at, giving up it's like come on this you know is this really worth our time and everything in here we hadn't really figured out the system or the strategy behind it all but we but we had started to see come through with some of the comments there was one that stuck out to me and it was um, that we'd help someone create their first video to raise awareness for autistic children and it's like at that point it didn't matter about me and my thoughts and my uh, fears of being on camera and all of that stuff and all of the fear of judgment stuff it all goes out the window at that point because the ripple effects on what we're doing just by sharing the stuff that we're interested in can have on other people's lives and allows other people in our case to get their message out their story out and to really have their impact with the world so as for where we're going i just want to get as big as we can so that we can impact as many people as we can so that they can go and have as much impact as they can, as silly as that may sound. It's such a simple thing that any one of us can do. And if you can have the revenue streams and everything else built in off the back of just adding value to people and helping people with the stuff that we're interested in, then I think that's that's a beautiful business and that that's where the fun comes in. So that's, that's the stuff that we like to share and like to teach, um, because it really isn't that hard if you go into it with the right strategy. I love that.
1: Well, I'm excited to see where you go over the next couple of years and we'll maybe won't leave it two years between podcast interviews, but I'm sure next time we talk, you'll probably be like touching on 2 million subscribers or something like that. But uh, Oh, you'll be out there as well. You, you'll be up there with us. <laughs> sure. Sure. Slow burn here. Slow burn. All right, Justin, this has been awesome. Thanks very much. Um, look for people that, you know, haven't heard about you or haven't watched your YouTube videos, where, where's the best place for people to go and check out more of what you've got going on?
0: I'd say go and check out our YouTube channel, Makes so youtube.com forward slash primal video or primalvideo.com, either one of those, and you'll find out a bit about what we're up to and, uh, and the type of content that we're helping people with.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation with Justin Brown and really take those tips into consideration when you're planning what next for you on YouTube. So if you've enjoyed today's show, I'd really love a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. You can do that easily on the Apple Podcasts just by following the link engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes. And you'll find all the links to what we mentioned in today's show at the show notes for this episode, engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 166. So that's it for this episode. I will be back with you again next week with another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Until then, take care. See you soon.